0: The Rad The
1: Rad Podcast. The Rad Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon.
2: I'm producer Amanda. And
1: you're listening to the Rad, Rad Podcast.
2: Podcast.
1: And we are back, fresh from a week off. Thank you so much, Amanda, for holding down the fort for oh, being whoop. the uh, the matron of the best of shows. That uh, was a huge load (laughs) (laughs) off of me so i was able to enjoy a wahoo in its fullest it was so so
0: lonely i'm sure it
1: was i know it it can get pretty lonely but it looks like you had some fun you did a facebook live video yeah you know it sucks because i know that the wi-fi sucks in this building in particular because there's so many different walls in between the actual wi-fi receiver so if you're moving around a lot it, the, the reception could be actually pretty janky. And I, yeah. I've actually been watching porn in the other side of the building oh, and nice. it's been buffering. And what? I'm like, what? This doesn't happen. Not in 2018. What the hell? You don't get buffering in this day and age. But apparently you do in this building because it's a black hole. There's just so many things going on and uh, in between the Wi Fi thing. So unfortunately, the Facebook Live video didn't <laughs> look as
0: smooth yeah. as it should have.
1: But. Thanks for also exposing my office and how dirty it is and how
0: clustered it is. I didn't open
1: it, it all. I, I just opened
2: wa- the door. I was
1: watching at that moment in time. I was thinking, she's not going to do it. She's not going to do it. She- fucking did oh. open up my fucking door and there Well, i it didn't is. want
2: you to feel left out <laughs>
1: there's nothing in there it's literally a storage closet now.
2: well and that's what i said <clears throat> i said you don't really use your office you use it as just storage because you never really leave the production yeah, area that's kind of your
1: everything i need is right in here yeah. I, got, I got all my computers like it, it's it was a pain in the ass back when we first moved in here i i had this whole clusterfuck setup where I had everything basically networked, but I had the didn't different jobs for different computers Right. when I could have just done all of the jobs on at least one or two computers in the <laughs> same spot. And right. it took me about two or three years to realize, you know what, I, I'm tired of schlepping the laptop from one office to another Right. just to do the same job that I could do in the same spot. So, um, yeah, but that, I thought that was kind of cool. You did the whole, you know, behind the scenes yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: it was fun. It was fun. It was. I wish it would have turned out a little better, but you know, say, Levy.
1: Maybe we'll we'll get uh, David Attenborough and the Discovery Channel to come out here and actually <laughs> do like a true Planet Earth style <laughs> slow motion. We did that uh, back in the early days of the membership website. Uh, me and former producer Christy were trying to think of all these weird ways to create new videos for new promotions, and I remember one Christmas. Um this is unrelated but we we did um uh, uh we we actually were selling Christmas ornaments. Yes, yes. And so to promote the Christmas ornaments we put our uh rad Christmas ornament on the tree in the lobby of the Night Rock Studios mm-hmm. back when we still had to live amongst the the swine. <laughs> and uh but we created like this whole animated video where we gave all the other ornaments voices and they were t- all jealous of the rat ornament because they weren't the rat ornament. And so it was like the gingerbread man had his own voice, the rocking horse, and all the different ornaments. You know, Christy and I both did different voices. It was so stupid and hacky. Um, but it reminded me of... Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, a uh, Planet Earth-style documentary thing that right. I did. I, I basically... Took a camera and I slowly moved it around the, the, the studio area to kind of give that, you know, behind the scenes look at all the equipment and what it looks like inside the studio. Right. And I, I did it to like this slow style African music. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom, boom. So because I was trying to mimic planet Earth. Right, right. And this was right when it first came out, because I, I think I was sitting in a, um, a dentist office waiting for my then girlfriend to get some some shit moved removed from her teeth she ate a lot of shit i don't know that's kind of i think that's why i dumped her she (laughs) was a shit eater um but i was waiting in the in the lobby i I was mesmerized by planet earth and i thought ah that's it i'll do a planet earth style documentary of the tour of the studio and it it turned out Pretty much as janky as probably your video, game, <laughs> yeah. because how how interesting do you make a building with some monitors and, and you know, the sound boards are kind of interesting to look at. But once you look at it, it's it's really there's nothing to it.
2: Right. No. And I was kind of thinking, like, it would be fun to do... Like MTV crib style, but I was here by myself, so I can't really do that.
1: That's a good idea. I think that would be a more fun way to do it. Cause then if we have somebody following us around and we're talking about the certain areas and yeah. what, what's going on, I wonder if we should do that. that. That's a good idea. Maybe we'll, we'll hire fat producer Nick to, to do it all overproduced video. That would be really yeah, fun. That, that would be fun. Speaking of fun things, we, uh, we now have a Facebook group for the Rad Podcast, right? Yes. How do you become a member of the Facebook group? Does it cost money? It's free. Oh, that's stupid. No. <laughs> How are we earn money?
2: I don't know. Mm. Um, so you just, you go into the Facebook search and you face, and you search uh, the rad podcast.
1: Do they have to search the rad podcast or could they just search rad podcast?
2: You might be able to just do it rad podcast. Let me try. I, it I have it right here. It, it will highlight it. Oh, look things. at that. Yep. Yeah. And so then uh, it's under groups and it is a private group, meaning you have to
1: show your privates.
2: <laughs> yes. Send us nudes. Can you do no. that? No, don't do that. Oh. Uh but you have to request to be added and then we'll add you. Once so you
1: we have them. to vet the pro- we have to vet them first. We have to make sure that they're good enough to be in the rad broadcast group. Yes. Um, How do we do that? What um, what what are our what's our criteria? What what well, makes it what makes you so special that you're allowed in our Facebook group?
2: You you can, you know, if you're a listener, you can request it. But if you go into the group, once you get accepted, I What have, makes
1: you get accepted though?
2: Uh how do you how do you pick?
1: Do you just I'll say I'll
2: add anybody.
1: You'll add anybody? Okay. So yeah. but the what, so what makes it why is it private?
2: Oh, so that it's like because okay. So I've told everybody that I listen to a different podcast or podcast. (laughs) I do that all the time.
1: Um, You listen to the Joe Rogan podcast? What's that?
2: No, podcast. podcast. So I listen to My Favorite Murder podcast, and they have a group for their listeners, which they call murderinos. I don't know if we need to call our podcast listeners, like prod heads, prods, something. prods. Well, I like prod head. Like pothead. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I know. But they yeah. can make up their I'll, own name.
1: All right. That maybe we'll make that a survey.
2: Yeah. Prodheads. Prod yeah. heads. Um, yeah. And they, and they can come up with any, whatever. But so this community, <laughs> you do the work. <laughs> well, well, just it here. is a community for them. Right. You know, and that's what the, my favorite murder group is. So it's just a place where you can put, um, Like shit that you're dealing with or you can post fan art or whatever you want to post in there and then everybody else can see it. But it's just the podcast people. So Mm. like if you have some deep secret that you don't want Uncle Joe to find out about on Facebook, you can go into this community group and it's like, I mean, I hate to use the word safe space, but it's like a safe
1: space. That makes sense. So yeah. it's it's kind of like this podcast, this broadcast, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's a little bit more open, a little bit more of a safe space compared to the regular rad radio show. Right. So if you had something, you know, that's really bothering you, that's on your mind and you don't want to share it with the world, but you feel comfortable enough sharing it with your peers and also that's OK. I get that's why it's the closed thing. So it's, yeah. it's it's it almost hides your secrets in a way or hides your issues that you don't want to necessarily let aunt nana or uncle jimmy know yeah and uh we are in charge of maintaining the peace is that why we are like the administrators yeah yes
2: and i did post on there some guidelines so what are the guidelines um that's what i was trying to pull pull up here it should be on there as a pinned post i gotcha
1: yeah. So when you join, when we accept you, when we say, "Hey, oh look at this," on March twenty first at four forty four p.m., that was when you posted this guy. Oh shit!
0: That's like
1: that number <laughs> thing. And that see, that's not on purpose. You can't necessarily. Well, you can schedule it, but you didn't schedule this. I had this no post. idea. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, I don't even know at that time that I knew four forty four was your, one of your numbers. Yeah.
1: So if you've listened to any okay. prior, uh, any one of the. Uh, prior podcasts episodes you'd hear that 444 was one of the numbers that i've been seeing consistently (laughs) and so i've been googling numerology and it's all a bunch of mumbo jumbo but it's kind of interesting but anyway the post that she uh amanda posted here was at 444 and says welcome to the rad podcast group so we accept you and this is the message that you'll see yeah please read these helpful guidelines before posting okay we're about to do that Admins approve submitted posts. Follow the guidelines to be sure your post gets approved. Be nice to each other. Bullying, name calling, racial, or any other slurs, threats of any kind, etc. are not welcome here. No GoFundMe's or any other money raising sites as posts. Thank you for that. Yeah. Please do not solicit members to purchase your products or service you may be selling, unless they're sexual services. <laughs> This is a closed group. Please respect each other and by and the group by not sharing posts elsewhere, screenshots, or copy and paste without permission. We reserve the right to remove any member, <laughs> content, posts, or comments that we believe violate these guidelines. That seems pretty easy.
2: Yes, and I uh, copied that from the group that I'm in. I just uh, edited <laughs> so, some stuff. So you just
1: said, hey, my favorite birder, I like everything you're doing. I'm just going to rip you off real quick. And
2: well, not ripping create, them off. Create... I just like liked their guidelines. I edited them. Oh, good. Good. The, the, so they...
1: Kind of made it your own.
2: Yeah. And I think they have more things on there.
1: Nothing is original on the internet anymore. So you yeah. have really nothing to worry about.
2: For sure. But so because I... You know, I have that group because I like to talk about murder shit and, you know, get into certain particular murders. And people are, you know, for the normal public, they're like, why are you so yeah. fascinated with the West Memphis Three? Well, I just happen to be. And
1: and it's a niche group. So, of course, they're going to they're going to be interested in it as well.
2: Right. And oh. so I, I just thought, you know, it's so helpful for me because I've talked to people on my favorite that that podcast thing um. About my depression, I've talked about my sexuality. Hmm. The other thing that happens is on the the other one is there's all these different subgroups, you know, like uh, derberinos. So it's like derby murderinos.
1: So like you're in roller derby, and you also are a um, fan of murder. Okay,
2: yeah. So wow. that that gets very specific. <laughs> yeah. So cool. there's all this different kind of shit that can that can go on, and I just felt like because you know we deal with stuff that we don't really talk about on the regular show that this might be a good outlet for people if they want to talk about the mumbo and the jumbo and the sex stuff and the sexuality stuff and maybe wouldn't feel comfortable posting that on our facebook group because our our facebook page you know it's not closed. Anybody mm. can see that? You're pretty much
1: an open target on the Facebook page yeah. for the Rad Radio Show.
2: Yeah. And yeah. so the 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 podcast group, I felt, would maybe, I mean, again, I hate to use the word, but a safe space.
1: I think it's cool, too, because we could also directly, uh, you know, post stories or mm-hmm. images or whatever we talk about on the podcast. Absolutely. This is kind of our way of, of making sure, you know, we share the information that we get or use on the broadcast, yes, um, so that they have direct access to it, yes. Oh, that's very cool. All right, good job, Amanda. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, what members you you allow. Am mm-hmm. I am I in charge also of allowing people? Yes, so we can. can both we yes. can both approve people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I might be a little more strict than you. Oh, okay. You're, gonna, you're just going to allow everybody?
2: Well, I, may, I mean, I don't know. What I mean, if it looks like a bot or something, yeah, that, or if it looks it, like a fake profile, no.
1: There's a few trolls yeah. that frequent our social media, yes. and I like to avoid those trolls just because there's a waste of space. They, yes. they, they do nothing but just kind of bring everything down, and it's just it's not conducive to the process of social media, in my opinion. Right. Um, Because it's it's this is another reason why it's a closed group, is we're in charge. Yeah. So if we deem you not worthy, you're out. Exactly. Can they try to come back in? Like, is it like an indefinite uh, removal?
2: Well, what do you think?
1: I don't know. Should we have them run the gauntlet and try to redeem (laughs) their worth?
2: Well, I mean, I think that everybody should be given a second chance. So if there's some, like you know, removable offense that we deemed them to kick them out. And then they send us a message or an email and they're like, yo, I was drunk and I started uh, putting dick pics all over the place and <laughs> didn't realize I well, those, posted.
1: To- those are allowed. <laughs> That's not an offensive thing. We won't take you down for that. Um, yeah. But I understand. Okay, cool. So if yeah. they if they do – Come back with an apology. But then the second time, like second strike, you're out. Yeah. You're done. Two strikes, okay. you're out. Two strikes, you're out.
2: We I like don't get the three strikes.
1: All right, cool. So if you are a Facebook user still and you're not, uh, you're not boycotting <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg for releasing all of your information, uh, we'll make sure all your information is safe because it's a closed group. I can't guarantee that. Um, just search for the Rad Podcast or Rad Podcast on Facebook and click on the group ask to be invited and accept me and we'll hopefully accept you yes so smile big in your profile picture (laughs) or send us dick
2: pics (laughs) all right so i don't need to know no unsolicited dick pics why not
1: (laughs) oh you're a girl that's right you get those all the time already so it's like it's a dime a dozen to see
2: a dick again in Mm -hmm. my life probably (laughs) 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 i mean i have a whole role of a those dick pics that we had on the on the wall. It's basically here.
1: wallpaper. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I have like three hundred dicks.
1: So you're you're dicked out. <laughs> dicked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know where you're swinging
2: next.
1: <laughs> <laughs> pink taco. Speaking of tacos, Sabroso, yeah. are you ready? Yes. Are you ready?
2: I am so ready. Did you get
1: your poncho? Uh, no. Because it's supposed to rain. It's supposed oh, to rain it? this weekend.
2: Motherfucker.
1: It's supposed and to it's rain on your
2: birthday. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, but hopefully my prayers will be answered cuz I called for no rain on Sunday.
2: Oh, okay, did you so do a rain dance?
1: I did. I did a rain dance in the nude um, <laughs> on the beaches did of you Oahu. Do that
2: helicopter. I
1: did. That's the ceremonial helicopter to finish it off. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a funny story. We actually did go to a nude beach in Oahu oh, last nice. week. It was fucking amazing. It was yeah. so cool.
2: Was there a bunch of old fat guys? No, well,
1: yes. <laughs> there was a wide spectrum of nudity oh, yeah. um, from foreigners to the hairy, to the not so hairy foreigners, nice. um, to beautiful women, to beautiful men, and the fat guys in between. <laughs> um But I was surprised to see so many women out there because most more commonly you'll see men because they're more confident and, you know, Mm -hmm. dudes want to just swing their dick around like (laughs) helicopters. Um, But. Yeah, it was it was very nice. So I did my rain dance in the, in the nude and swam in the ocean naked, and that was very liberating.
2: You know, there's so often times that I wish that I had a dick. For instance, just pee wherever the fuck I want in the world's your toilet.
1: You still could do that as a girl. <laughs> well, you just got to adjust that. the back and the pelvis
2: a little bit. Yeah, there out. is supposed to be a way that you can, like, pull up the lips. Yeah, of, like, totally. Anyway, but, you know, sometimes I wish I had a dick. But not at a nude beach because I would be afraid that I'd get a boner.
1: That happened. <laughs>
0: you
2: me. got a boner? Yeah, I had to wait in the ocean until it went down <laughs> so I could walk back up.
0: No joke. Woo! Uh, yeah, I it
1: almost I almost made uh, Mrs. Brandon go back up to the beach towel and grab my shorts so I could just put it on and kind of stuff it to the side nice. and walk, walk up with a limp, but... I actually joked about it because it, I actually struggled to get out because like it was kind of heavy. <laughs> so I was getting out of the water; it wasn't as buoyant. Yeah. Uh, fuck.
0: Oh, that's that that's great. Good time.
1: Yeah, Polo Beach. If you ever go to Oahu, it's uh it's on the north shore. It's fucking beautiful. It's great, uh, great beach, great sands. There was another beach in Oahu that had uh, sand like sesame seeds. Like if you ever oh. get, had put a. Put a handful of sesame seeds and uh-huh. you just close your fist and they all kind of like stick together because of the oils or whatever. Yeah. Same consistency as the sand. Uh, it was weird. super soft, totally non-offensive sand. It was now, wasn't,
2: beautiful. Was it hot like black?
1: No, it wasn't. Oh. I mean, it was, if it was in the sun for quite a while and there wasn't a breeze, it would be toasty. Yeah. But it was, the climate there is so nice because, you know, the breeze is constant most of the time, and sometimes sometimes there's the the slight clouds that go over so you create mm-hmm. some create some instant shade and so things kind of cool down pretty quick and nice. I, I haven't really been um to the islands uh for this time of year as often, especially this be- this Oahu is a lot more beachy, and there's a lot more places to go versus Kauai, which is the garden isle and there's some beaches that are mm-hmm. nice, but for the most part. They're kind of rough and and tumble, and there's not a lot to do on the beach areas. So this was my first experience being on the beach every single day at a different beach in the water, and it was outstanding. So, but every beach was nice, and not 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 every beach had the same consistent sand, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I'm
1: glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I don't really know where I was going with that, but Sabroso tacos Sunday. Uh, We're going to be doing a little live broadcast recording. Um, I I don't know how this is going to turn out. I've never done anything like this before. I do know that the gates open about uh, 12 at 12 noon for VIP uh, (laughs) uh, for the VIP people. And then at one o'clock, everybody else can go in and it's tacos and beers and it's 21 and over at that point. Uh, And then four o'clock is when everybody else can start showing up. So I was thinking between three and four yeah. would be when we would record. I think that's a good um, idea. Since both Amanda and I aren't really drinking right now. Nope. Um, I don't know. How how far are you
2: at now? Almost I, two months? 86 three, days. Oh, fuck.
1: Two and a half, two and a half months.
2: I'm almost awesome. three months.
1: That's great. Good for you.
2: Oh, it's been hard.
1: Yeah, I bet. It is. It's rough. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to lie. There have been a lot of ups and downs in my in my year um fortunately there were a lot more easier days than rough days but when it's rough it sucks it, yeah it, it's really tough but it does. you just got to power through and uh hopefully you feel better
2: i do feel better yeah, uh, yeah. you look
1: a lot you look like glowing you look oh, I, nice. I, you look like you're you've got a lot more life to you
2: yeah and i don't feel so um y- you know that wet brain feeling mm-hmm. i don't i don't feel like that so much drunk anymore. Brain. yeah it sucks yeah um so, yeah, I do feel a lot better, but it makes it makes things like this festival where I would love to enjoy a fucking taco and a beer. It makes it, it difficult. And I, you know, um, for instance, Rob had his wedding celebration at this big, beautiful house on the river. There's booze flowing and all that stuff. And it, so much booze. Yeah. And it does make it difficult for me to, like, lighten up. Because mm-hmm. um, I already, you know, I kind of have, I'm shy around people that I don't know. Once I know you, I'm not shy. I'll tell you everything, what color my butthole is. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't care. But around new people, I am very shy. Um So in the past, I've used the alcohol as the lubricant, and so I don't have that anymore, mm-hmm. and it just it just makes it difficult. But Christina was so sweet. She went and got me the... um that fray or whatever the alcohol removed wine yeah
1: how, did that help curb the it cravings? did
2: yeah it did and i, I mean i understand it's about uh, the equivalent of a, a Duels. so people are like oh there's still on it but yes okay whatever but it did help mm-hmm. you know i didn't feel drunk ever um and it just made me. It's like, you know, the other thing I ha- tend to do if I'm at a bar is I'll just get a tonic water with no alcohol mm-hmm. or soda water with no alcohol and a lime in there. And it's just like I have a drink to hold, to sip on, to trick my brain. Right. You know? It, it
1: kind of gives you that illusion that you're tricking your brain. It's what is that mm-hmm. the, called? The mocktail? Yes. Oh, yeah. And I, I like and, that.
2: Yeah. And I've gone, um, to a couple of restaurants that have made me beautiful mocktails. In fact, I I went to, uh, broad and they Mm. made me a mocktail. Uh, but so good, you know, uh, but, there is that just, like, want to jump out of your skin feeling still, you know, eh, because I, you could see everybody else. They're starting to get loosey-goosey. And, they're having fun. And, yeah, you know. and then I already have that, like, resting bitch face face. So I, I don't think I'm, you know, in the at, at Rob's party, you know, I was having a difficult time, and I was trying to talk to people, but then, you know, feel like I— you know, I'm already anxious. So I just f- kind of felt bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I have a hard time just being conversational. With it. Yeah. Like, I, that's just something I've always, always had a problem with. Even mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I just kind of just sat in the background and, and the circle and just kind of observed. I was yeah, more an
2: observer. Of,
1: I'm much more of an introvert and observer in public places. And that's, mm-hmm. it's hard for me, especially when there's, New people that I don't know. I, I'm yeah. terrible with small talk. I hate small talk with a passion. Mm-hmm. It's just you know I can only talk about so much before it turns into how oh, about that weather? You know, <laughs> right? right. It, it, I go so quickly to <laughs> well, it's nice outside or it's raining outside. <laughs> yeah. that's just well, my crutch.
2: Well, because you're uncomfortable
1: uh, totally, and I don't know how to I don't know how to to escape that. Yeah, unless you know it was so easy. When you had a, a shot of Jameson, and right, you're just, you're ready to go be social, social butterfly.
2: Yeah, and I'm the same exact way. Yeah,
1: so it's been it's <laughs> it's a learning process. I but I have found that it's okay to just kind of sit back and be the observer. Right. You don't. you don't have to be on point. You don't have to be the loud, obnoxious drunk that's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, my gosh. It's so long.
2: But yes, it is okay. But I I have noticed and I don't know if maybe you've noticed this as well, that um, because you're not your outgoing drunk self and you're just kind of chilling and observing It looks like to the outside people that you're not having a good time. So your Mm. friends that are used to drinking with you and partying with you are like, oh, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, it's difficult. But, yeah, I'm totally okay. I'm fine. So I've just noticed that when I've been out with my girlfriends that they're – and maybe it's just because they're girls, you know, and they want to, like, extra check and make sure you're okay. And, yes, Hmm. you're okay, but – it, it's still difficult.
1: Yeah, I can see that, especially if you're out in those social settings where mm-hmm. it's normally like turning it up to 11 and just getting crazy. Yeah, and
2: oh. I am very crazy when I get drunk.
1: Right. So to see you totally opposite, like, right. are you okay? And you actually are okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it weirds people out.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, this is like how I am when I'm not drunk. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. just chilling and I got my face on. Does it? I mean, I know I look like I'm pissed off, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm having a good time.
1: Unfortunately, if you have good friends, they'll just like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool," and then yeah. you know things just proceed. But right. um, you know, there, I'm sure I have lost a few friends, <laughs> quote unquote. You right. Know, I, I say that loosely because of what I'm about to say is, that if they don't want to hang out with me because I don't drink, then we're not friends. right you know? Like, I, we, we, I know that a lot of relationships that I have developed, especially over the last ten years have revolved around some sort of partying because Mm -hmm. that was just kind of the lifestyle that I led. Um, When I had free time, it would be, you know, having barbecues and drinking beers and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of the lifestyle. So meeting people under those pretenses makes you have that image from a by uh, from makes your image of, of yourself to those people um, those
2: people.
1: <laughs> to those people, they they um they see you as only that, you know.
2: Right. Well, so. and because you have a, I don't know, like you are putting on this fake confidence, mm-hmm. they think you are a confident person. Liquid which, courage. Yeah, and I am not a, a confident or secure person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the drinking made me seem as though that's the way I am. Yeah. But I am absolutely the opposite.
1: I think you'll find as time goes on, the confidence comes a lot easier. Yeah. I, I feel like I've grown some unfound confidence that I'd never thought I had had before. Mm-hmm. I, I still have moments of insecurity. Right. I think everybody does right. has moments of insecurities right. and sometimes it's way worse than others when
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, I'm going to be totally honest and I know we're going to get back to the Sabroso thing. Uh, but I, I I, think that the universe is honestly testing me to the brink at this point in time because it knows that i'm taking this year off um the last day before we came back from oahu i find out that my grandpa has throat and neck cancer oh and and yeah and i was like such a blow to my gut thinking what what did he do to deserve this Mm -hmm. and then i'm thinking well fuck i'm not like in his life as much as i'd like to be Mm -hmm. i feel like an awful grandson for not calling him more often Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and then it makes me think well fuck I want to drink now mm-hmm. I, all I want to do is just go and have some vodka and just not feel and, yeah and hopefully feel better mm-hmm. um and I didn't fortunately yeah. I went the entire vacation up even up to that end that last day good for you man. where I yeah and it sucked the way that it happened I, I wasn't I don't think I was supposed to be told but I'm glad that I was told mm-hmm. um given the circumstances mm-hmm. but it some family members really thrive off of drama oh yes and they feel like they because they have information they they feel like a certain amount of power
2: well then they want to be the first one to tell everybody
1: and i think that 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 is what made the information come out sooner than it probably should have Mm. because in my opinion and i and just because i know him i know my grandpa he would have told me person to person H- to or at least over the phone he would have called me right or had i called him first not this way like i feel mm-hmm. like he is going to be disappointed that i found out this way because it kind of ruined the last day of my vacation like because oh,
2: man.
0: Th- yeah. it
1: was right in the morning we were just getting ready to check out of our hotel and all we were going to do was go out in the ocean for the rest of the day mm-hmm. until we we had our flight that night and i couldn't shake it for the rest of the day. I was pissed. I was just, I was pissed that it happened. I was pissed that he was even diagnosed with this. I was pissed that I couldn't drink. I was pissed at the family member that, that told me. Yeah. And I, I almost let it ruin my day because I didn't want to go out in the water. My, I had a fight with my wife momentarily (laughs) because over traffic, Mm -hmm. of all things like really we were going to argue over traffic
2: right but really it's because you're pissed about this other yeah so
1: unfortunately didn't drink went to the airport
2: normally a place
1: where you'd have a a beer or something oh yeah didn't have a beer made it all the way home and you know then i find out that i got a i got this taco fest on my birthday and it's two of my favorite things beer (laughs) and mexican food yeah and it's like the i know this is like totally opposite of the spectrum first mm-hmm. you know compared to finding out that my grandpa you know and fortunately just to expand on that fortunately he he's okay he he's fine this is treatable there's a plan for chemo in place it's actually a very short term plan of chemo so i okay. i think that we had we've caught it at a very early a stage, early stage. Mm-hmm. uh but too's old man yeah. he he's an old man so i all all the good vibes to him I, I'm, and I'm, I think that the universe really has it in his best interest to be around a little bit longer because we I need him in this world a little bit longer yeah so. um but on a less more on a less serious note, the universe is testing me on my birthday of all days yeah. I mean
2: this is the party day you see and that that's man it, yeah yeah that's that's rough, man, especially I'm bad. At a, a festival. Yeah. But it,
1: it's three weeks. Three, yeah. th- three more weeks until I can finally have my celebratory glass of fam- sh- champagne. That's fan our- <laughs> Fanshine. I swear I haven't had any yet. I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we're going to keep it to like a strict minimum of like the weekends and not let it affect the week. Yeah. And because I, I, the one thing I want to avoid is just the hangovers, especially now oh, yeah. <clears throat> that I've, I've been more active and wanting to be more active and really taking care of my body I feel like it would just be such a huge setback um to to just kind of plunge back into a a nasty daily habit
2: yeah no I, I don't ever want to go back to that where I was either um but I noticed you know over over the vacation week when I was running the best ofs uh it gives me a lot of anxiety to run the best ofs just because I fucking, you know, like I'm the only one here and all that stuff. And, you know, I know everybody's enjoying their vacation. So it's not like, you know, readily accessible. If something blew up, of course, yeah, okay. But it just gives me a lot of anxiety. And in the past, I dealt with it by drinking, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the night. It's like, oh, okay, I did that. Now I can... Have my wine or whatever, and you can't. I can't do that anymore. And I mean, it's good that I can't do that anymore. I'm not complaining, but it's just I have to figure out. I know everybody has suggested meditating and all this other stuff. Um, I have to figure out a way to decompress. Yeah, it's uh, it's all about
1: finding out what that is that helps you decompress, and then sticking to it. Yeah, u- using the discipline to just kind of create the new routines because I think one thing that kind of consumes us a- as a people mm-hmm. is we just get stuck in a in a routine or a constant that's just tumultuous. It's mm-hmm. not doing anything. Pro- pro- it's not doing anything to progress us as an individual. Right, and if you just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again, it- it's just going to result in the same same thing.
2: Yeah, and that's what that's what they say, yeah. you know, insanity is is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You're just gonna, not... you're just
1: killing yourself yeah. at that point. If you don't break certain molds, certain routines, um, you know, I I think that it's easy to say, "Oh, you should meditate more." Well, yeah, try practicing that, yeah. you know actually sit down, sit still, turn your mind off for three minutes, mm-hmm. start there mm-hmm. and see where you get, you know, I, I, I guarantee you, you're going to fail more often than not when you first start out trying to meditate yeah. because there's so many distractions. Well, in the and world.
2: you have to create the habit and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but yeah. And so over that, over the vacation week, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong with me. I'm like, I am still pretty much eating the same stuff that i'm eating i'm still you know seeing my trainer still taking my medication why do i feel so i i felt like anxious and then depressed i'm like Mm. what the fuck is going on with me and i was like oh is it mercury retrograde like maybe that's having an effect on me or whatever the fuck it was but so what i did is um i like to listen to Audio books on. Um, I just do the Audible thing, mm-hmm. and so I got two books, and I'm hoping that they're gonna do me good. One is called "Unfuck Yourself," okay. and the other one is like. The guide to not giving a fuck, or something like that. I like these books. Yeah, <laughs> I, just by the titles alone. <laughs> yeah, um, and one is read by uh, he's got some sort of like Irish or Scottish accent or whatever. Is
1: this the same author that, that, that like does a series of these fuck books?
2: Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just i I, uh, I was listening to somebody else that said that they listened to the guide to not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's your uh, your favorite host, Chris Hardwick, said that he was <laughs> listening to that or he, he had that, read that book or whatever.
1: That guy just needs to learn how to say no to some things. Maybe <laughs>
2: he's got to make that money, I guess. <laughs> um So at any rate. Uh, so I was like, oh, well, maybe I should give it a try. I have an audible credit. Let me use this credit. Um, So I have those books. I'm going to try and listen to those because I need something I need to change something in my brain, Mm. man, you know, because I'm just like trying all these different things (laughs) to help me to help me. And so I just got I'm just going to continue to keep moving forward and trying to add like positivity, you know, because I'm such a I'm such an Eeyore Mm -hmm. and I and I don't want to (laughs) be.
1: I could be that way too. A lot of the times, Mm -hmm. it's easy. It's easy just to get into that funk because it's easier to be in the funk than it is to face it and do something about it. Yeah, it's a lot easier to do that.
2: Yeah, and like and this week I was, you know, that's last week I wasn't as productive as I like to be at home, and. Not being productive makes me feel guilty, which makes me feel depressed. And this is like piles on on top of each other. And it's like, well, if you just get up and do one fucking thing, Mm -hmm. you'd start to feel better. (laughs) You know, and I in my head, I know all of this, but I have a tendency to just sit in that like shitty feeling i guess yeah. because i'm used to that shitty feeling so oh, yep <laughs> you Co- know comes
1: back to the breaking the habit mm-hmm. and you know getting the new routines and yeah that yeah. that all all uh you know balls up into one big helpful that reading reading is is another really great thing to do mm-hmm. even if it's just, even if it's not just self-help books but reading in general really does help kind of ease the tension and ease the brain and i i that's at least what i've found helps me when i'm in those crazy up and downs oh, okay. um just reading yeah. even if it's not the news you can't can't wow. read the news and relax no, fuck the news.
2: but like even just a magazine or yeah, something.
1: yeah or an interview with uh well you can't really read any interviews without them being political these days <laughs> right um but you know just just stuff to kind of just ease your mind and
2: relaxing kind of stuff yeah um well we're gonna have fun at sobroso
1: totally no I, we're not <laughs> i actually this makes me think that we're actually bummed out that we're going to sobroso <laughs> no the offspring's gonna be amazing pennywise the vandals uh me first and the gimme gimme yes uh i don't think the vandals are gonna be there are they I think yeah. so. And then Unwritten Law, which is one of my favorite all-time bands of my childhood. And this is going to be the first time. Nope. Second time I've seen them. First time I saw them was at the Boardwalk.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Fucking the Boardwalk. I used love. to live right by there.
1: Oh, that, that venue is amazing.
2: It's changed uh, now. It was, uh,
1: different ownership. Yeah, better ownership. The, the uh,
2: same people that own Ace of Spades own yes. the Boardwalk now. So
1: they have better access to more shows, which is great. Right. Um but I I kind of stopped going to the boardwalk.
2: Yeah, me for a too. While and there. I used to live within walking distance of it. And yeah. I I think the last show I went to go see there was uh the Voodoo Glow Skulls. Nice. Yeah. Um
1: they always had really great shows come through there for yeah. a long time. And then it's kind of just stopped. It was it was more just local stuff and mm-hmm. kind of C List bands that the biggest would come show through.
2: I saw there I think it was uh the Alien Ant Farm. That was a good show. I was there.
1: You were there? I was there working the 90 Rock tent. Yeah. Ah, crazy. Yeah. And uh, I played poker with the guys from Power Man 5000 oh. um, at the boardwalk.
2: Oh, I remember you did that story when we played that Liars game or whatever. that True Confessions? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah I did I did play with Spider, Rob Zombie's little brother, who was the lead singer <laughs> was... of Power Man 5000, who was also, they also had the uh, guitar player from Alien Ant Farm, uh, in that band Sweet. Like when they were touring as Powerman 5000 yeah that was a little circle back crossover there. uh mud was one of the biggest bands i've seen there that was insane like there was people out in the parking lot it was such a big show that couldn't fit them put everybody inside it was mm-hmm. fucking amazing um and i missed that venue but
2: yeah i wonder what it looks like now that it's it's, uh, it's been, the same it, it I hasn't don't think, been
1: remodeled yeah i don't think they've really remodeled it um mm-hmm. but I honestly haven't been in years.
0: Neither have I. Um,
1: but it's definitely a good party spot. Yeah. Had a lot of good times there. Um, but yeah, Sobroso will be great. We'll be there all day uh, starting between, you know, two and three. We'll start showing up. And then uh, just before four o'clock, we'll do our podcast recording. We'll find a dark corner somewhere where we can hide <laughs> and, and talk into my fancy recording device, a.k.a. my phone.
2: Oh, maybe Well, this will be. Released tomorrow, yeah, yeah, okay. So, I can put if we figure out a place where we want to meet to and maybe have people come Mm. meet us, I can put it in our Facebook group. Good idea,
1: yeah, Yeah. good idea. Yeah, so uh, if you are going to be a part of our Facebook group, which is closed, so you have to look for it and uh, search Rad Podcast in the search bar if they're on Facebook, um, look into the groups, Rad Podcast, mm-hmm. and then uh, join us through there. And we'll accept there. you. And we'll accept you right away Unless as soon as we get to Unless you're a bot. It. Unless you're a bot or a bomber or an ISIS <laughs> member, we probably won't accept you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we will post our general location. Mm-hmm. Um prior to the recording yes yeah, just a little heads up if nobody shows up then nobody shows up yeah. who cares we'll still do our thing we'll, we'll still be good we'll do the show for ourselves that's, that's all right do. um okay well man we've been going on and on here so far i'm gonna try i don't want to get through these emails too fast so you're we're good on time right yep you're good okay mm-hmm. i'm good too um so last broadcast that we did together which was like two or three weeks ago um uh a listener emailed us and taught asking about tips on different types of sweets to have um, because she, her craving is an alcohol. She doesn't have an alcohol problem. She, she has a ice cream problem. <laughs> every time she goes to the grocery store, she has to buy a pint. She has to have a pint every single day. That's like her reward. Um, and she was looking for alternatives. Um, one of the alternatives I thought of was like frozen yogurt, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, seems like a, a better choice. Another choice that Amanda brought up was, Cool Whip, yeah, freezing, frozen, freezing frozen. it cool and then whip, <laughs> freezing it and adding like real fruit to it. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got a follow up email, and this is, might be an even better choice because I thought about it a little bit after we talked about it and thought, you know, frozen yogurt, good idea, but there's still a lot of sugar and there's still of all of those sugar. toppings you can yeah. do. Cool Whip, it's made out of a lot of oils, and yeah. it's like it's not the best for you, but it's you know, it's not as bad. Um, so Jill actually sent us an email with some much more helpful suggestions. Oh, okay. Um she says, suggestion for ice cream addicted girl. Unpeel a ripe brown spotted banana and freeze a bunch of them. Blend a frozen banana to make a nice cream. Get it? Nice. Nice. Not ice cream. cream, but nice cream. Add toppings after blended, like chopped fruit and dates, etc. Uh, this is the best replacement for ice cream. No BS ingredients, cow secretions. Oh, <laughs> Or fake sugars like in ice cream, frozen yogurt, or Cool Whip. All of our suggestions. Oh, damn it. All those fake sugars, all that good stuff. Uh, She goes on to say, of course, it's not the ice cream, but it gives her the texture and sugar, though in this case natural, that she's craving. Frozen bananas left in the freezer for whenever she gets her next craving." Thank you, Jill. That's a much better suggestion <laughs> than more ice cream and cool whip. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dang it! <laughs> That's okay. Some, yeah, see, this is this is what's good about our listeners. They're not going to be. So judgmental and say, hey, you guys are idiots. She's right. just going to, fr- you know, give like, us a friendly reminder of what the good stuff is.
2: Or here's a different suggestion.
1: Here's, here's a better suggestion. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next email we got here is from Dustin. He's got a Dr. Prod letter. Oh. Um, he says, hello, Brandon and Amanda. Hello. First, I want to thank you for sharing your story about your sobriety. I had a couple questions as I'm currently struggling with alcohol, too. I need to stop or take you take a year off. Normally I can have a drink or two socially, but then every now and then I go on a binge. I've missed four days off of work and drank about four to five handles this week. Oh my God. Missing work, and four to five handles. <sighs> I'm going to get help tomorrow and see a counselor, but I remember yeah. you were attending an AA meeting when you first started your journey and I was wondering if that helped you. I'll get back to that. And he wrote this at the end of uh, March, so just less than a week ago. Um, and he was saying that he was going to a counselor tomorrow. So okay. hopefully he stuck to that. Stuck to, stu- <laughs> it's Okay. Hopefully he stuck to that. Yes.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: <laughs> oh, do he, he goes on to say, do you still attend the meetings or did you just do it on your own? I really don't want to be an AA Nazi. Also, that Ham's website you guys talked about has a lot of good information that I've been reading through. Also, I don't know if I should just never drink again or take a year off Uh, for my fear would be of a year from now, just starting it all over again. But I guess I can't, I can wait and see how do you deal with uh, the idea of starting to drink again? You think after a year off, it will be easier to control any other tips or advice would be amazing. Thank you guys and love everything you do. Well, Dustin, it does sound like you do have a problem and it sounds like you are well on your way to getting help. Hopefully you stick to it and make the choice for yourself to stop drinking right now. Mm -hmm. Um, At least start weaning off with the hams network, uh, which you can find at uh, just Google hams, uh, hams drinking network. I think that's what it is. Ham's hams drinking network. Um, Just Google that. And then you can find out how to kind of properly wean off uh, alcohol in a healthy way because you don't want to just stop drinking, especially if you're going four to five handles a week. You, yeah. You, you are you going a to... fucking seizure. Yeah, you're going to go full-blown uh, withdrawals, and it's it can kill you. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, hopefully when you're seeing your counselor, you're also making an appointment with your doctor to let him know or her know that you're making this plan so they can actually assist you. Because there are certain programs and certain... Uh, Hospitals, if your insurance program handles it, uh, offers it, they will help you uh, detox.
2: Yeah, the, um, um, medical detox will help you basically go in a coma, not in a coma, but they'll, you know, put you under.
1: Inoculate you. Yeah, yeah.
2: until you're done with the withdrawal.
1: That sounds like a, a, the better way to go to me, especially if you're drinking as severely as you are. And I, I I'm sorry to hear that you're missing days of work. Because honestly, that's that's a tell that's a tell sign mm-hmm. of of serious issues, because if you can't go to work, what are you doing? You know, yeah. what are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. You, you do got to get it together. And hopefully you are seeing a counselor and hopefully you are dramatically cutting back by the time we've read this email. Um, AA is an is an incredible organization. It's helped so many people. I've met a lot of people that have gone to AA and swear by it and say Mm -hmm. without it, they'd be dead. Um, I don't go. I've I thought about it and I was able to manage to go to see a counselor, uh, probably similar to the one you're going to see. And I went through various other. I actually went to see my doctor first to let him know that this is what I was doing, uh, taking a year off of booze. I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. I didn't want to just quit cold turkey and have a heart attack. So I went and saw the doctor first. And then I went and saw a counselor who was basically a talk therapist. Right. Um, And I talked out my issues and I, I just, I got to the core issues as to why I was drinking. And fortunately through that and through meditation and through other various energy work, I was able to kind of come up with my own system to quit on my own without the help of AA. But if it if you need a system like the 12 step program and you need a support group like Alcoholics Anonymous, then it's for it could be beneficial to you and the future of your sobriety. Um, You don't have to be an AA Nazi. You don't you don't you don't just by going doesn't mean you're going to be subjected to the the idea that if you even think about the the of drinking again that you're a failure, you know, there is that mentality there, but for the most part, everybody's there to support you and your choices of, of quitting drinking. Yeah. Um, if you want to start drinking again in a year, I think starting quitting now and setting that goal is a good idea because it'll allow you to reevaluate your relationship with alcohol. You'll, you'll understand where your cravings happen, how they happen and what kind of triggers those, those cravings. Um, Amanda was just saying earlier on that she has these triggers when she's out in public because it helps her become more social, Yep, you know, and that maybe they're, they'll find that these are all the triggers that you went to go drinking, but you have a goal to meet. And if you, if you don't stick to that goal, then you'll slip back into your old ways. But if you reevaluate your relationship with alcohol, then you can reevaluate it at that time at that year point and say, you know what? I think I can handle a beer or wine on the weekends.
2: Yeah. And I think you have to set your, if, if you are going to drink again, you have to set limits up for yourself. Just like you had this limit of not drinking for a year. Well, now your limit could be, you know, you're only going to have a glass of wine On the weekends or whatever it is. And you're not drinking to get drunk. You're drinking to enjoy, you know, your glass of wine or champagne or beer or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. it's yeah. If you don't set those boundaries for yourself, then you will just go right back into where you were.
1: Because that's that's what happens. You you get that taste. You get that that high from it and you don't want it to stop. Think about why you got to this point. Mm -hmm. Because you excessively drink it. So if you don't put those guidelines and those borders and those restrictions on yourself Mm -hmm. and you don't abide by those, then you're just going to slip right back into the same spiral and you'll be going through the same thing, if not, you know, detrimentally, fatally hurting yourself. Um, How do you deal with the idea of starting to drink again? Um, I think about it a lot. I, I just kind of concentrate on who I am now, where I'm at now, where I was a year ago before I made this decision, and what drives me to drink. And I, you know, you just kind of got to self-evaluate. You got to go over these questions over and over and over again in order to really understand where you are at and with your relationship with alcohol. So how do I deal with it? I just, I deal with it head on. I talk about it. I, I say out loud, I'm craving a beer right now, you right. know? And I think having a support group, if it's just a family member or if it's your sponsor at AA, which is a great way, that's why it's called Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. It's be, It gives you a way to express how you feel, talk about your cravings, talk about the problems that you're going through just in life in general with a open arm community that is going through the same problems as you that might have some insight better than some wacky DJs on a podcast. <laughs> um, but talking about it, confronting it, it head on is the way that I deal with it. How, how do you deal with the idea of starting to drink
2: again? Well, I just have to be, I think, realistic with myself. Um, and like you're saying, address the reasons why I was drinking to excess. So that's why I'm, you know, going to counseling and have a psychiatrist and all that stuff. Um, and adjusting the ways I deal with those things that trigger me. Now I do feel as though once I've been sober for a year, I can, um, possibly, you know, have a glass of wine, uh, with, with a meal or whatever. Um, so I'm just okay with that. I never told myself I'm never going to drink again. Um, but for the writer, um, one thing you need to be aware of, I think, is that you will start negotiating with yourself and being like, you know what? I've been sober for two months. That's longer than I've ever you know been sober before. That, I can do this. No, you fucking can't. If you said you're not going to drink for a year, then you really have to have the willpower to keep not drinking, mm-hmm. um, because your—I mean, your mind will, you know, just it, it, you'll try to negotiate to drink again. And I think that's why it's good that we talk about it on the sh- on the show, and that you and I are t- able to talk about it on the podcast, because. um it keeps you accountable, and I think that that's kind of what AA can be for a lot of people is you have a group of people that you are accountable to, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're keeping yourself accountable, um, then I think it gives you more of a, a not a will, but it you know, it allows it gives you an edge, to, yeah, to to keep going forward. And yeah, I don't, I don't really know how I deal with the idea of drinking again. I just you're not there yet. I'm not there. I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. there yet. Um, you know, I did try that that uh, alcohol removed champagne because champagne is my big weakness. Um, and I was like, you know, if I. If I like this, maybe I will never drink again. Mm-hmm. And it, it was pretty good. I could substitute it for that, but it just has a lot of sugar in it. So whatever. <laughs> it's just not
1: as much as you were drinking a whole magnum cycle. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So you know, it, for me, it's just the the enjoyment. You know, it's like an uh, an extra to my to my meal yeah. or
1: social. Um, it's a social thing.
2: Yeah, and I do like the the drink on vacation oh yeah you know that's oh, yeah you're on vacation yeah and it's you know i do want to i do want to do that but you know obviously i'm on vacation all the time and um you know i kind of have changed my outlook on social you know gatherings mm-hmm. or, or whatever so uh, you know we'll see how it goes yeah and he, he he finally asked
1: the end again uh you think after a year off it will be easier to control i think that ultimately comes down to the individual mm-hmm. i think it will be easier for me to look at it look at the drink and and think it through more now because i know what's at stake and i i you know have a clearer vision of consequences now mm-hmm. than i ever have before mm-hmm. um so i honestly think it comes down to whoever that individual is and if if you are a person who would look at a a, a bottle of beer at the end of a year off of of drinking and think, well, I could also do 11 more of those. I mean, they're, they're right there in the fridge. Then you probably aren't ready yet.
2: Yeah. And, and my thing is, is I'm doing the year to prove to myself that I can. So Mm -hmm. if I know that I can do a year with no booze whatsoever, that means I know I can set the boundary for myself to only have two or whatever when I, whenever I decide to drink again.
1: That's exactly where I'm at, you know, uh, that I, I needed to prove to myself that I could do this. And mm-hmm. now I, fe- I feel the, the fact that I can do it and I'm about to do it in less than three weeks mm-hmm. that I will. I will have earned the right to exercise my responsibility towards mm-hmm. it, you know, yes. and, and that's exactly where I'm at now. Um, hopefully Dustin, you do get the help you need. Um, feel free to, to email us back. If you have any further questions, just check in with us. I'd love to to hear about your progress. Even if you just need somebody to talk to, um, you can join our Facebook group, the rad Podcast, just through Facebook. Yep. Um, if you want to reach out, there might be even some people that will be joining there that'll be able to give you some words of advice as well. I know our audience has been helpful to me. I still have a stack of about two inches of paper of emails from the day that I announced that I was going to be quitting drinking for a year. Mm-hmm. Um the amount of support was uh outstanding. It was overwhelming. And yeah. I I still I still flip through those emails occasionally just to see, you know, just just to, to remind myself that this is why I'm holding myself accountable mm-hmm. and this is why I'm doing it because it, there's so much love out there for us to 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 share. And I think that there's love for you Dustin and then I think that we could share for you too. Just join our Facebook group, email us, we'll be happy to talk to you through it. The next email comes from, uh, comes from Tyler. He says, hey guys, hey. love the show. Been listening to the Rad Show since I can remember, probably around six or seven years old. I'm 23 now. I've listened to every episode of the podcast and uh, I've been wanting to write y'all for a while now and I finally have had the time. So here goes. I lost my dad at five years old. I I have lost two friends, one of them being one of my very best friends in the past two years. I had never really thought about death or really thought about, (laughs) sorry, he wrote, I have never really thought about death or really thought about death, like right after each other. uh Threw me off. Sorry. Or even uh, been afraid of death up until my best friend died about a year ago. Ever since then, feels like death is following me and is so goddamn close to me. It scares the shit out of me and I don't really know how to deal with it other than acting like nothing is wrong and that everything is okay. I guess what I'm asking is uh, for some advice on how to better deal, uh, how to feel better about it, or how to feel like the Reaper is following me and holding my life in its grip. Any and all advice is welcome and appreciated. Thanks in advance. And so keep on doing what y'all are doing. Tyler.
2: Um. So, my biological mom also passed away when I was five and then my biological father passed away when I was 25. Um, and so death has always scared the fucking shit out of me. Uh, and more so after I had a child because I don't want to, I don't want my son to have to deal with what I had to deal with. Mourning you. Yeah. Yeah. So I've really had a hard time, uh, struggling with it recently and i th- i think um you may be having some ptsd around you know your your father's death pr- probably and then now your your uh your best friend's death it's all interconnected it's probably bringing up feelings for you that you've had since you were a child um and i am currently undergoing a EMDR therapy it's eye movement reprocessing or something it, it, whatever it, it's EMDR Google it yeah Google it um, <laughs> if you go on to psychology.com psychology today.com you can put in I want an EM, you know you can search for EMDR therapists in your area hmm. um, and I think that that is something that you may want to look into because it helps you process through the traumatic events in your life that um, may be hindering you. And, you know, it. I just barely started with it. I've only had one session. Um, but it was helpful after that one session even. I felt like there was kind of a – I had a better understanding of why I dealt with things the way – I did when I was a kid and then also realizing, Oh, this is how I felt when I was a kid and it's okay because I was a fucking kid, you Mm -hmm. know? And then just seeing how that has, uh, correlated with other relationships in my life. So I totally get the, the feeling of being scared to death about dying. I, I, I mean, to be quite honest with you, uh, when it was a year ago, I stupidly thought that, oh, you know what? I can have a weed edible, and I'll (laughs) be—I just need to relax, you know, and and I thought, you know, they've changed the weed technology, and everything's better now, so I can handle it now. So I did the edible and just tripped fucking out of my mind, went to outer space, and the thing that I was freaking the fuck out about is— Time continuum and all that thing, all that stuff, um, and just the the never ending process of life, mm-hmm. uh, and it it fucked me up. It fucked me up still to this day. I still, when I start to have a panic attack, it's because of that uh, that weed trip that I had, because uh, it's just absolutely scary. So I get it. Uh, the only thing I can say is. You know, try and get some therapy about it because it's not it it's it's stemming from way back in in your you know, your formative years. And that can affect so much for you going forward. Yeah,
1: I I think you hit the nail on the head that because he lost his dad at such a young age at five years old, you don't you, you can't really conceive death. And even after you've watched a Bambi at five years old, you know, mom's dead, but you really don't know what that means because it's just a fucking cartoon and you're a right. kid. Right. But then when it happens in your in your life, I mean, I didn't really know death until later on in my life. I, I was born into a family that was all very young, like everybody just got a young start. So mm-hmm. even my grandparents are younger than normal for oh, okay. kids my age. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of kids. I say kids my age, but I'm almost 32. Jesus no, I Christ. still
2: feel like a kid too. Yeah. I feel like I'm a teenager. So.
1: so weird. I still refer to myself as a kid yeah, and everybody uh-huh. else my age are just kids. Uh-huh. Um, but I, so I, I, I had always known people that had lost people the to them younger at age. And I just mm-hmm. never really knew what that meant. I never knew what that was. And then as I got older, then, you know, my great grandma died. And then, then, uh, Another great grandparent died. And then, so I wasn't really close to them and it didn't really affect me in any way. I was like, okay, so now we're just not going to see them on holidays every three years. Right. And then mom died, you know, and that was a totally different experience for me because it was my immediate family and Mm -hmm. going through it at at an older age and kind of preparing for it because of various health issues for very, you know, extended periods of time, you Mm -hmm. kind of go through it in your own way. Until it finally happens and you have no idea how to deal with it. Yeah. And I think it, it, it varies for everybody at different stages of their life. And I think for the letter writer, it it's coming up now and feeling like this because Amanda's right. It You didn't really process it the first time. And now that it's your your best friend who is also somebody very close to you has happened, it's just, it's just dug up all this other, all this feelings. And you might have had this feeling of the Reaper has been kind of following you around your whole life. It just hasn't been so ever present in your mindset until more recently because it's, it's gotten you, uh, hit you at home. Yeah. Um, as you get older though, I've been facing my, my more, I've been taking my mortality more seriously now than I ever have before. Like I, I think about the things that I did in my early twenties, and knowing that Surprise, I survived, still alive. <laughs> yeah, survived from it, and I'm still alive today to tell the story, mm-hmm. it it just amazes me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I should have been dead multiple times before, oh, me guaranteed. Yeah, but somehow, some way, hello, I made it, <laughs> and and I'm here today, and yeah, you know. To live in fear of death is just going to create this paranoia that will never go away. And I, I agree. I think if it's bothering you to the point where it's like crippling you, you probably do want to find, seek some therapy. But mm-hmm. to be honest, what you're going through is totally normal and it's part of the mourning process.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is totally normal. Um, but I I know that maybe, you know, I, I have had one friend die and that hit me completely different than having a parent die or a family member die. Um, and one of the things it's like, well, why him? He was such a great guy. If that could happen to him, why didn't it happen to me? I'm, you know, and of course we all think, well, I don't know. I I know I i'm like well i'm a piece of shit you know so it should have <laughs> oh, been you're not. but it's just you know what we tell us yeah of course and it's like you know I, I, this guy who's this great upstanding guy he dies of cancer at a very young age and here i am walking around like an asshole mm-hmm. why am i still alive so there's like a bit of survivor's guilt i think that yeah. uh that he may be suffering from too right. and, and i and i I, you know, all I can say is therapy is, is great. It's, you know, not for everybody, but
1: just to talk to somebody, just to
2: talk to somebody. It it doesn't
1: have to be fancy EMDR therapy. No, just just to talk to somebody about it too. And hopefully us talking to you through the, through the podcast, Tyler, we're, we're being some sort of help to you, but you know, there's, you're not alone. I think a lot of people feel this way. Yes, And I, I think Amanda, you're also right. That because it's a close friend, it's different than a parent because it's like okay, a parent's older family you member. To, you expect,
2: eventually, your parents are going to die.
1: They're going to go before you. Yeah. Eventually, you yeah. know, unfortunately, sooner than others. Some sooner than others. All right. But you know, when it is a friend, it's like that peer that's just driving down the road gets in a car accident and just dies because they didn't make it. Mm-hmm. You're like you do th- think those things. Like, mm-hmm. well, that could have been me. That that should have been me why did they take them so soon yeah this was my best friend what's the deal um but don't don't fear death know that death is coming yeah and it sounds as, as as you know depressing as that sounds uh don't fear it embrace the fact that it's coming and live every day to its fullest just like your dad probably would would have wanted it and your best friend would have wanted it yeah absolutely live in their memory carry them on yeah all right let's uh i think i think we can wrap up uh with this email um it's kind of a lighter note
2: okay that got a little heavy there it huh? did it's been a little heavy oh, well, that's okay i need a cigarette <laughs> oh, me too.
1: all right this one is from uh esmeralda
2: oh awesome that's, name that's a great
1: name huh <laughs> her email is easy bitch <laughs> yeah easy, easy bitch. esmeralda that's awesome hey amanda I love how you love podcasts. Oh, I do. I am an. You guys addict. like BFFs. <laughs> I feel like there are so few people who listen to podcasts. Are you kidding me? What? You know, like tens of thousands of people that listen to our podcast. That's just our podcast. Yeah. Think about all the other ones that are super popular. She goes on to say, "It's too bad on the three nineteen twenty eighteen rad show. That's the rad radio show, the syndicated morning show that we normally talk on. That we're not talking on now. We're talking on the podcast." <laughs> Google it, you'll catch up. <laughs> Rob made it a point to hate on Tom Segura on Netflix, which is crazy to me. Tom Segura.
2: Yeah, you know he, he, is. he is a stand up comic. Does he also do podcasts? Yes. Okay. He has Your Mama's House that he does with his wife. No. Oh. Christina P., who is also a comedian, also has a Netflix special, uh, Mother Inferior, and she has her own podcast um so they that whole family Tom Segura and Christina P they are comedians podcasters entertainers all that stuff so you're,
1: you are you uh, are you're basically saying that you you like it you like you like Tom Segura you like Christina P yes okay so I like them. I think you preemptively answered the email, so oh. I, I probably presented this in a very poor way. Oh, okay, I'm but, sorry, I'm sorry. No, don't, please. You're, okay. you're fine. This will actually kind of make it kind of funny. Okay. She says, since you mentioned you liked the, his wife, Christina P's stand-up special, did you know they have a podcast with over 400 episodes called Your Mom's House? Uh, yes. 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 Now re- rewind re- uh-huh. rewind the podcast, and now you'll listen to the answer <laughs> to your question again. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's hilariously silly, and these two are the cutest, grossest couple on the planet yeah they're funny do you listen to this podcast
2: yes yes we just covered that
1: uh they're weekly and can be watched as a tv show also
2: oh i didn't know so i did not know that that's
1: cool uh esmeralda says my mind is blown rob doesn't like him or them i think they're hilarious just curious on your opinions on this topic well we just gave you all the opinions on the topic yeah thank you love you babe she
2: said oh babe uh yeah i do i do really like uh christina p um i and i like tom segura too but it's just that i i feel like i could be christina p's friend in real life
1: you relate more to christina
2: yeah and she has her own podcast called that's deep bro um Mm, you're schooling
1: you're schooling esmeralda yeah. yeah
2: um anyway so i don't know if it's a well, you didn't like Tom Segura's special either.
1: Honestly, I, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I thought he was the pizza guy, uh, Tom Belushi, not Tom Belushi, but the old pizza guy that did the commercials and then he turned into a stand up comedian. Tom not Green? the same guy. No, different oh, guy. Okay. Totally different okay. guy. Okay. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I've never seen his stand ups yet.
2: Yeah. Well, and I haven't watched Tom Segura's special. But I am familiar with his comedy Mm. Um, and he's been around for a really long time. Also, the other thing is he's well respected in the comedy community, um, you know, by other comics that I like. Oh, cool. Okay,
1: So he's in that circuit that you you normally follow.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So I I don't know why Rob didn't like him. Uh, I, I. He said the comedy was too simple. Yeah. Is is that do you
1: do you I, agree with that?
2: I don't really no? but I know I I don't know. I guess I'll have to watch the special yeah. and give it my opinion.
1: But you're also tainted because you already have your experience with him. Exactly. So you know his style. It,
2: right. And so I'm kind of biased, yeah. you know. Uh same thing I know Rob hates Amy Schumer and you hate her too
1: i can't stand her i because i i know that she rips jokes off and you know
2: and a lot of comics do
1: that's true but she's pretty blatant about
2: it um but she's well respected by chris rock who i think is oh really you know, yes oh, good. They, they they run in the same circles she, she opened for him nice uh a lot so i if chris rock Likes Amy Schumer. I'm not. I'm not just gonna adamantly hate her. Or right. I'm gonna give her a a, a shot. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another female comic that has. It's the same. Oh, so there is a female comic, Whitney Cummings. that I don't particularly like. I think she is. When she speaks in her regular life, I personally feel is that she's one of those personalities that just rubs me the wrong way, which is like the know it all type of. Uh, mm-hmm. personality but i know that she again is well respected by joe rogan hmm. and uh other people that i like so i you know i i, I try and give her a, a chance even though when i hear her interviews i'm like oh it's just like her interviews rub <laughs> me the wrong way and she had a
1: show on nbc that didn't last any long it's very long at all Oh
2: uh, yeah it was produced by chelsea Hamler. it was oh. called uh what the fuck was it called something, i think it was something like whitney, whitney. Right? Yeah, yeah just something easy like that. Yeah. And I didn't like the show, not because of her, uh, but if there's canned laughter and I can tell... Oh,
1: I can't stand I can't those shoes. Oh, yeah. There's that show Disjointed that was on Netflix. Yes. With Kathy Bates. Uh-huh. I thought that was going to be a great show. I did too. Can't watch it. All canned laughter. Canned laughter. Yeah. I
2: can't I can't fucking handle it's all that. that.
1: It's all that Chuck Lorre shit. Uh, every single show that... Chuck Laurie produces all has canned laughter.
2: I wonder, I feel like there's two and
1: a half men, Big don't. Bang Theory. Oh, well, all I do, canned laughter.
2: I do see, I don't know why it doesn't bother me with uh, Big Bang Theory.
1: I don't know. Maybe they produced it well enough to make it sound like it's a live audience, but uh, yeah. man, I can't stand it. Yeah. Now, it's, not, it's not necessarily the shows. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I find two and a half men to be pretty funny sometimes mm-hmm. when it was, you know, two and a half men still. Um, I can't, I, I mean, Big Bang Theory is just not my humor, even though it's, it would seem like it is, it's just not my humor, Mm -hmm. so I understand why it's so popular, Mm -hmm. but the canned laughter, man, it's just, it's too much, too much. Can't,
2: with it, but I really liked, uh. Uh, that Roseanne is filmed in front of a, the new Roseanne uh, yeah. and then the old one too, but yeah. that it's a live studio audience. And yeah. I think that 70 show was live studio audience. Seinfeld
1: was yeah. Seinfeld.
2: Yeah. All, that, all a good that shit. I, I love, I, I love live studio audiences, mm-hmm. but the, the canned laughter is like the quickest way to get me to turn off a TV show.
1: Absolutely. I agree <laughs> with you on that. Um, if you want to hear some real laughter on Sunday, we'll be doing a <laughs> live broadcast oh, nice recording uh, at Sobroso. Um Be sure to join us on our Rad Podcast uh,
2: Facebook Facebook group.
1: group. Mm-hmm. Just go to Facebook and search for Rad Podcast and click over on the groups and click to be join the members. Accepted, and yes. Click to be accepted and we will accept you mm-hmm. as long as... You abide by the guidelines and those you'll see when you get accepted. I don't know. I'm still learning this, too. Yeah. <laughs> rad Podcast on Good Facebook job. groups. Um, also, email us, radradio.com, rad if you want to have any questions answered on the next week's broadcast. And we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Namaste, bitches. Bye. The Rad Podcast.